Hello, it's uh, Bookish Talk. Uh, today our guest uh, comes from Scotland. It's uh, Tom McCune, uh, a bookbinder who uh, has, has made one of the uh, bindings for, for the Booker Prize shortlisted books. Hello, Tom. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, fine, how are you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad at all, thanks. Perfect. Uh, my co-host, uh, Pavel, joins us from Moscow as usual. Hi, Pavel. Hi. And uh, I'm Stepan. I'm currently in Versailles. Uh, and uh, well, let's let's dive in. Uh, uh, tell us a bit about this, this binding. How how all this started? How is it? Uh, did did you make any any Booker Prize bindings before that? Uh, what's the story? Uh, yeah, th this was the fourth, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was this this would be the fourth fourth time we've been invited to to do this. Um, and it's a it's a bit it's it's an interesting uh, process to go through. I have to say, you know, it has its challenges, but um, there's 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 interesting ones and intriguing ones at times. Uh, I know that one of the one of the interesting things I get from going through this process is that I get to read books that I maybe not normally would have read anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly that would apply with with the four books that I've worked on. Uh, up till now. So this year it was um, it was this book here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a passage north by Anouk Arutragasm. Um, a, a fantastic book. Uh, you know, every time I work in these on these type of bindings, I'm never disappointed. With the quality of the writing, I mean, the writing for for, for Booker uh, competition entries is uh, is always extremely high, and I'm always kind of left in awe at the at the end of the first reading. Um, and this this was certainly no exception. It's a wonderful book. Um, the the background to the to the uh, the book is quite interesting, and it's set in Sri Lanka. In the aftermath of the civil war there, so it's 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 quite it's quite an intense, serious, and sort of introspective at times. Um, a lot of you know, yeah, as you can imagine, there's a, there's not a lot to do with the, the the conflict and oppression and marginalisation. These sort of themes come into play quite a lot. There's not much of a plot line to it, and quite interestingly, there's no dialogue in it. Mm -hmm. It's all kind of you're kind of taken through a series of, sort of reminiscences and comments on incidents and things like this. And occasionally, it, it even sort of diverges and uh, goes off into you know sort of local folk tales and things like that. It's it's it, quite a quite a mix of different elements to it. But as soon as I started reading it, I, I kind of latched immediately. I latched on to you know to this to, to this to the civil war, and uh, and to how those who survived the civil war had to deal with the aftermath of you know the various legacies that were uh, started to influence people's lives there. Um, 
And, and, and it was that side of it, it was that kind of emotional side of it, the, sort of, the turmoil and the stress, the conflict, and that uh, I, I used those elements as the basis for the design. And in and, and many ways, it's, it's, I'm not sure if the, my, my style of design kind of suited taking those elements, but, 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 but even, even so, those were the, those were the, the sort of thematic, elements that I decided to work with uh, so that I don't I've got some photographs here that I can show you mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think this is how the book arrived so it was all just single sheets which mm -hmm. had to be compiled into sections I think there were five sheets to each section Mm -hmm. uh, fortunately, the grain direction was correct on these ones <laughs> which isn't always the case that's true yeah, but I guess I guess for one of like that uh, they they uh, they make it properly or at least try to make it properly. Not not, not always, but <laughs> I think these I think the sheets we get were specially printed for us, so the quality of the paper was 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 quite good, and so that you know that that's just the, the sections assembled and getting ready for sewing. Yeah, the, 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 the first stage is. When you know, always go through with this is you know after the forwarding is doing the edge decoration, and that's when the design concepts and ideas start really have to kick in because of course working on edge decoration has a knock-on effect on how the the blues and the end papers and the covering leather is all going to. Um, Fit in with it. What do you what do you use to to fill the shoulders when when you're pressing the book like that? Because I I, I saw other people using cardboard or or or, or even wooden boards, but it mm. seems like it's it's stack of stacks of papers of sorts or something. Yeah, I think some people just use loose sheets of paper and just put a stack of paper on either side. But I, I tend to get thin card, yeah, and just tack them together lightly with uh, glue. Okay. Okay. And then trim them. And the guillotine, you know, to make them square and use that for packing. It's a bit easier to handle. That's nice. Doing it that way. That's interesting to see. Thank, thanks for this photo. So did I get this right? You don't start as, with a design. You work out the design in process. So you start with the edges, with the edges without really yeah, having yeah. an overall design. Certainly by, that, by this stage, by the time I'm ready to do the edge decoration, I have some design worked out. There's always something, I'll have a sketch or something, I'll have idea or texture, tone, and, and, and you know, essential kind of matters like that. But obviously, you know, the, the edge de decoration has to go on before you do end bands, for instance, and, uh, and you know, it's, it's there as well before the, the covering leather and the, 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 the blues are put on. So it's, it's kind of tricky, this, because it's, it's, as soon as you, you apply the edge decoration, you're then kind of committed to it for the remainder of the process. Um, and, and, and very often when I'm working on design bindings, I, I like to keep some flexibility. Um, you know, I'm always open to changing direction, uh, you know, maybe even altering the, maybe not the essential design, but elements within that design. Um, so I, I generally do have sketches. The, the edges, 
are, uh, first of all, scraped down to a very fine finish. Uh, and you can see there yeah. the, the nice smooth finish that I get in the edge yeah. there. Yeah, you almost get a reflection from, from the, the smooth edge. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very satisfying. Yeah, if you 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 can it's almost mirror like if you if you keep at it. But there's there's some of the decoration that's been applied to that edge. And that, that's it being burn, burnished up yeah, with an agate. So this is um, it's acrylic ink, mm -hmm. um, gold tooling, blind tooling. Uh, I'm using foil mm -hmm. on the edge, but it's real gold foil. You know, it's not the uh, it's not a metal foil. Mm -hmm. uh, is it easier to work with? Is it as durable? Um, yeah, uh, well, I've never had any problems with it. It's very expensive stuff. Horrendously expensive, but um, you know, I wouldn't use I wouldn't use an artificial gold foil in a design binding. So th this is the this is the covering leather, uh, and I've started to use a technique where I tend to work directly on the, the leather now. There's various reasons for that. I always start with a a natural goat skin. Mm -hmm. When I'm working in these bindings, so that, so it hasn't been dyed. It's just it's just a natural color of the leather, uh, and and I never use tannery dyed leather. Now I always dye my own leather because it's you know if you think about it, it's such a such a big restriction to have to rely on the colors and the tones that you're going to get from your leather supplier. You know they certainly don't have an infinite range of colors. And most usually you can can do anything to this color uh, after after it was dyed by by the seller by the producer because it's, yes it's, it's fixed uh, the, the color and uh, yeah well, that's, that, that's it that's what you get it's pretty much and what is that amazing uh, texture it looks like the surface of mars well the the that kind of dark blue uh, patterning in the background is is produced by coating the leather with paste and then letting the paste dry and then deliberately cracking the paste so you, know, you can stretch it or you can fold it over the edge of a bench or something like that. You've got some control over the process, although the fine detail is always, it's always kind of random. Uh, and then what, once these cracks are, 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 are uh, uh, put onto the paste, the dye can, can seep through. So you get these sort of fine lines that as part of the process, and I quite like doing that. Using this technique to, to start off design bindings, it's, I always kind of think it's it's kind of similar to if you're working with you know with an oil painting or a watercolor, where you put a kind of background wash on just just to just to kind of kill the the material you're working on, and and and, and you know get get on with the important stuff of applying colors and textures and patterns and things. So I tend to do that as a, as a matter of routine now. But I've also been using a technique where I can almost draw directly onto the leather mm -hmm. by, by using strips of paper. So if you see these kind of, these brown streaks, which are sort of running 
mm -hmm. uh, head to tail direction there. The, these were actually pieces of paper that were put onto the leather. And then I put a silk screen on top of that and silk screen the background with paste. So the paste then becomes a resist in the background. Okay. It's kind of, it's a very simple thing to do, but kind of difficult to describe. Um, so it's, and once that paste is dry, I can then take... It's, it's, it definitely sounds like a simple thing to do, but uh, I, I understand that it uh, uh, allows to achieve some impressive results uh, uh, with the design in the end. Yeah, it, it's, I, I quite like it because it's quick. It's relatively simple, but you can actually achieve some quite sophisticated looking results from it uh, for, for, uh, for minimum, minimum effort. You know, it's, it's a very quite, quite, quite uh, a rewarding thing to do. Uh, and, but the, the big beauty for me of, of working this way is that you can control the color after that. Mm -hmm. So I can define areas where I know I want a certain color to be. I just need to cut them, cut them from a sheet of paper with a pair of scissors or a scalpel and ruler. And uh, it's, 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 it's something that I've been kind of, a technique that I've been kind of refining over the years. And I'm, I'm starting to get uh, a bit more confident in, in using it with a, with a, a wee bit more uh, purpose. Uh, it's, 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 it's certainly an interesting an interesting process. I think uh, after after this previous photo, we or, or while discussing this previous photo, we need to overimpose uh, the photo of the final uh, binding, final cover, because uh, you can definitely see the uh, the outlines of the final yes. design. Yes. But I, I understand you will walk us through the process, but still, I think this contrast is also very very interesting to see and very important. So you can see with this one from the pre, you know, this is a step on from the previous one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I've introduced these sort of green parts and these, so these green wedge shapes or tapered shapes would have been pieces of pieces of paper just mm -hmm. placed directly onto the leather. And then the whole thing just silk screened. Uh, the paper is then removed and I've then got a perfect sort of, resist to, to, to then work the the dye into so you can get very clean and sharp edges from it uh, but it's also handy for if you're working with the uh, more organic shapes as well or shapes that contain islands you know they, they work very well with the salt screen technique how many layers of color do you usually apply to to your average design binding. How how does it work for you? I under, I, I understand that it's different for for each book, but but still, mm. that, that, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of how long's a piece of string question. That it's. I mean, with this one, thinking back, and it, it might have been five, six, or seven applications of dye, mm -hmm. uh, and then as the as I go sort of get to near the end of the process. I'm even applying dye with a brush to, to certain areas, so it's uh, it's it's, it's, it's uh, the process kind of continues from here until the book's finished. This morning, I tried looking at some of your books and tried counting the layers, mm. and the best thing is that you almost never can. No, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I, I mean, looking at that one there, I think, oddly enough, there's maybe only three layers of dye there, I think. But it looks it looks like a lot more. Now let's see the next one. So, so, here, so now, now I've gone on to maybe the, the, the fifth or sixth application of dye. Uh, and by this stage, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm really applying the dye in a very freehand manner. So it's a, a swab of cotton wool, and I'm, you know, I'm applying in quite a kind of gestural way, you know, almost a kind of, I'm not throwing it on like Jackson Pollock maybe would, but I'm certainly, you know, there's no, I'm not, I'm not messing about with any, any level of fine detail here. It's quite broad and expressive. And, you know, at this stage, the leather's getting close to being ready to put on the book. And I think the next one I've got here that, you know, that is, that was the final, the final uh, main application of dye and, you know, doing this or this work. So that's the last, the last stage before tooling. So yeah. how, how long does this first stage working with leather, getting it uh, uh, painted and uh, silk printed and everything, how long does that take? Again, you know, that could vary. It could be as little as a day. Uh, or it could be a week. I think with this one, I probably spent three, maybe three or four days going through these, you know, these cycles of applying paste and then dye and then taking the paste off. I use a, a hairdryer to speed the process up so that, you know, I'm not hanging about too long to wait for the leather to, to dry. You know, if I was letting the leather dry naturally, it would be a very long process, you know, probably have to be left overnight. But I found using a hairdryer, as long as you use it quite gently, you know, you can have, you can have one application of dye on, you can then remove the dye by soaking it. And then half an hour later, you're ready to go again if you use a hairdryer just to gently dry the leather off. I guess I guess it's important not to not to set it on too hot so the hair dryer no. just just yes. to use the air airflow yeah. to to uh, to allow water to evaporate and then move away from the surface. Yeah, absolutely, I keep that. And, and how big can can you go with silk printing? How how big? Yeah, yeah. Can you can you make like really big uh, uh, hides with that? Yeah, I mean. Uh, the, the silk screens that I use are quite small. You know, they're about A4 in size, maybe. So I would actually have to do two prints to cover that full piece of leather. Uh, but you could make, I could easily make a bigger frame. I mean, I just make these frames, these silk screens up on my own. You know, I, I don't mind fact, I can like see one of them if you like. So that, that, that's, that's all that's there. Mm -hmm. It's just a wooden frame with the, the, the silk screen mesh just stapled onto the back. So it's, it's, very, it's very low tech. It's very easy to do. So you know, that, that, that's the leather ready to go in the book at that, at that stage. Um, so that, that, that's actually the, the blur going down there. Uh, I think... Uh, just give me a minute. I think I'm going to be out of sequence here a wee bit. So they, they, that's the finish. That's the finish binding there. Mm -hmm. 
so you know you can see the 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 the, the, the dyed leather piece that, that I've just shown you the process of getting to that stage. So you can see it there, although there's now quite a lot of uh, additional and supplementary work been applied to it. It's it's interesting also how these uh, unevenly placed uh, uh, stripes of paper started to play on the on the spine because it's well. Uh, many, many bookbinders try to to form their spine or to to form design on their spine as 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 perfect and as straight as it's possible. But but here mm -hmm. you have all the all the sorts of yes. lines, and it's it's definitely yeah. striking and different compared yeah. to, to many other things. So <laughs> it's interesting to see how how it's ended up on 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 the spine and laying on the on the book and in whole. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean that that was certainly done deliberately. Um, I remember at the time I wasn't quite sure if it was a great idea or not to do it that way, but I think I got away with it. The thing is, you've got to get some kind of balance when, when you're doing these things. And, uh, certainly with the style of design I work with, you know, the, the, it tends to feed off the spine onto the boards. So there's, there's, there's generally a, a symmetry there of some sort. But these... Uh, you know the extra the extra work that's been done to this once the book is on is quite the a, a lengthy process as well. So there's a lot of tooling on there. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 there are also two inlaid panels. So that's a dark blue uh, and gold uh, panel, and on, on each board there's an inlay, and you know that's a Oh, so so they are in inlay panels, yeah. There are two two inlays there. Okay, I, I didn't get it in, in the in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. th thanks for for uh, for telling us that. Uh, that yeah, so that you know that that's the kind of next stage from, you know, once once the the leather's been put onto the book, I've then put these two inlays on, and then you know there's there's quite a bit of uh, gold tooling, uh, again using the real gold foil for most of this. Uh, and and there's a fair bit of uh, pigment foil been applied to it as well. I've been starting to use pigment foils a wee bit more than I've ever used in the, in the past. So these sort of green and dark blue lines that you see mm -hmm. are actually pig that's pigment foil. Oh, uh, what's that? Uh, I've never heard of it before. It's just a it's just a foil with a like uh, aluminum foil or no it's. It's just a card. Foil for tooling and printing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh -huh. So you get flat, you can get flat areas of color from the foil instead of a metallic finish. It's it's just a matte color. Oh, so uh, and that helps to offset the gold both in terms of color and in terms of texture. Yes. Yes. Oh, I see. Yep. Yep. Uh, and uh, the combination gives uh, an ex some extra richness to it, you know? It's like uh, ancient uh, Sumerian... Uh, uh, oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I see where you're coming from with that, yeah. So th th there's also... Um, there's this other foil that I've been using, which is a kind of varnish. So it's clear, but when you tool it onto the leather, it just leaves a shine where the tool has come in contact with the leather. So there's some of that in here as well. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's something I, I haven't heard before. <laughs> that's interesting. 
Right, it's I don't know what I don't know if it's got a name that that type of foil. It's stuff that I, I bought a whole bag of foil offcuts on eBay about a year ago, uh-huh. and there was these clear, just clear foil. Almost. I thought, what on earth is that? But I tried it out and then realised that it was just given a varnish finish. Uh, so it's it's, good. it's it's again, you know, it's all these little, <laughs> all these little. T- yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Quirky materials are all they're always useful to have. You never know what what when they're just going to be the right thing that you're that you're looking for to just to get inject a wee bit of life into part of a, a, a design. Um, so so there's there's quite a lot of tooling on the uh, on on this binding, which is it's probably more than I've ever done in any binding actually. Do you like the tooling process? Is it one of your favorite parts of the? Uh... Of making book or how how does it work for you? Yeah, I think you know in the whole whole process of design binding, you know, when you start with a book block and you do the forwarding, you get the covering leather on, get the deblures on. When it gets to that stage, that's when I really find it interesting. That's when I, I, I really you know I really get just get lost in the work at that stage because it, it well. I, it doesn't always, but I like it when it takes on that life of its own. It just seems to go the right way, and things just start to sort of fall into place. And you know, there's there's, there's no better feeling uh, when when you're when you're working when that happens. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and and it did happen with this binding. You know, the, the whole thing just seemed to click, and you know that it. it uh, there was no trauma involved <laughs> for, for me in this binding. It was a, it was a joy to do. Actually, I really enjoyed it, and it went quite quickly. You know, I think I think I had this finished in three weeks. Okay. Um, and uh, I had had it sent away a week before the deadline. <laughs> that's that's something uh, uh, we're not used to 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 hear uh, when discussing a book your bindings because everyone tells us how it's hard to fit in within the, yeah. the time margins and uh, yeah. uh, that they, yeah. they usually want more time. But well, it's not possible with booker booker price bindings. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. It doesn't always happen that way with me. I can assure you. But this <laughs> this but this year it did. It, you know, it all went very well. Finding sort of design concept. Uh, was, was was quite a natural sort of process, and uh, the actual execution of the, the the binding went well. And you know, as, as I say, when I got to this final stage, you know, I'm starting to be a bit more expressive. Actually, I always find that when I'm working on a, a design binding that's going well like that, it's kind of a difficult thing to describe. But I always seem to reach a point. Where I'm not even thinking about the design, I'm just working on it, and it just happens. And and that that did happen with this binding. I guess that's not not really helpful for other uh, uh, people who are studying bookbinder bookbinding or or trying to 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 make uh, design bindings. Because how do you achieve that state? But then I guess if you if you finally feel that you achieved that state, that uh, that says that tell you something <laughs> that yeah. you're. It's... You know how drawing teachers always say when to stop, when you see it's enough. Mm. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Which, which is what I really wanted to, uh, to ask. So I keep looking at it and I keep thinking, when did you know that it's uh, this is it, that it's finished? Do, uh, do you work all over this, uh, this, uh, this surface with those lines? Or, um, or, or was it you start in one region, then this, and then you finish in the middle? And I don't know, like this particular line was the finishing touch. Do you remember how it all came together? No, because it's really, <laughs> really difficult to um, to dismantle. I I can't see where you started, where you ended. Even though they intersect, they are all sort of independent of each other. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a very good point and a, and a good question, and it's not an easy one to answer. But you, do, I mean, I, I just know when I when I when I'm at the end, I know that if, when I get to the point where if I add anything else. It's not contributing. You know, you can you get to a stage where even just one, two, three other pieces of tooling, they're not actually adding anything to it. They're not enhancing anything. In fact, they may even be starting to detract from the design. So and 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 so you know, I, I'm always conscious that I've got to look out for that moment and be aware that it's there. Because you can, the danger of this approach that I take is that you do go too far and you could go so far that, that you could very easily kill the design. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a key thing to know when to stop, definitely. One of the one of the people who taught me some things about writing uh, told me once that uh, uh, when you read your, the text you wrote uh, and if you if you find some parts of it uh, to to be uh, too much and not adding anything to to the text, uh, you should you should delete them. But mm. you can you can do that with a text. You you cannot do that with art or book cover. So no. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, did did you did you have uh, did you ever have any experience with with going overboard with with doing too much with your designs? Probably. <laughs> I mean, again, I think some of this comes down to personal taste, and it wouldn't surprise me if someone said to commented on on this particular binding that I maybe had gone a bit too far. Um, but it wouldn't again. It wouldn't surprise me if someone looked at that binding and thought you should maybe have put a wee bit more here and did a bit extra there so you know it's, it's not something I would be particularly annoyed at if it happened you know if it happened it happened which is maybe unfortunate but I think I could probably live with it. Uh, has your own uh, uh, taste changed over the years, do you look sometimes at your older work and think I could add this or I shouldn't have added that? Yeah, so sometimes I do look at old bindings and think if I had that binding today, I would do some extra work to it. I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, if if that happened and I still had the binding, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd be quite, I'd quite happily do additional supplementary work. Because things change, you know, tastes change, you know, it's, it's certainly the, the, my, my approach to design binding has, has evolved, it's been, it's been quite, a, it's evolved quite slowly, I would say, but it has kind of evolved. Um, and new, new, new materials, new techniques and things like that, you know, these always 
add other possibilities. Uh, so you know, you know, it's interesting to see where I am in another two or three years' time. I think you'll still see elements like this in the work that I'm producing in a few years' time. But uh, hopefully, it's 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 evolved again into something a wee bit fresher in Europe. That may be an interesting project to return to one of your earlier bindings. Uh, I guess mm. we we uh, we discussed the sort of tangent topic with uh, Daniel Kion some time ago because we we talked about uh, uh, some of the bindings uh, about altering other person's bindings, and uh, he oh, told right. us right. he he told us that he was he was fine uh, if if uh, some other person decided to change some of his bindings if it added some something new from from the artistic point of view and if it right. if it didn't destroy right. it completely mm. Uh, mm. Uh, but but uh, i guess not not many bookbinders would would uh, would go this far as as daniel <laughs> went with that <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm not sure yeah i don't think i'd be so pleased about uh, yeah. allowing that to to happen uh, but it was I think, an interesting thought though that's an interesting thought. I don't know of that many instances where two binders have worked on the same binding. I know that some have, but uh, there's certainly not many cases of it. I've certainly collaborated on books, you know, where I have worked with the illustrator. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, so the illustrator would inform me of what their ideas would be for the, for the uh, work that they were going to supply for the book and you know that would inform help to inform me how I would approach the design for the binding but um, I've never never worked on a binding that a design binding that someone else has already worked on yeah and uh, with remaking uh, or over making your uh, own older work it reminds me of this new tradition of uh, film directors uh, recutting and recutting their own work and making it, yes. quite frankly, not as good. So maybe what's done is done. <laughs> Blade Runner, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it's, it's certainly an interesting thought, though. Uh, I mean, what. What, the obvious way for two binders to work in one design binding was one could do the cover and the other binder could do the doubloons. Mm -hmm. You know, I could, I could, I could see, see that working. It might be quite an interesting project to do at some point. I suppose the other way would be to, to do separate boards. Uh, so another another thing, another part of this uh, object, uh, there is not only a book, but also a, a box for the book. Uh, yes. what's, what's your attitude towards the boxes? Because uh, uh, with the different bookbinders we had uh, on our podcast previously, uh, there are absolutely different approaches. Some some of bookbinders say that, well, a box is just a box. Uh, it, it should be, it should uh, fit the, 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 the book. It should uh, be complementary to the book, but uh, not more. And others say, well, you can continue the story of, of the book cover on, on the box, so uh, it should be decorated properly. And uh, so, so what's, what's your attitude towards, uh, towards the box usually? I, I tend to think of the box as primarily a, a protection device yeah. more than anything. Um, but, you know, it still has to be made to, to high standards using good materials. 
And, you know, I, I, I give a hint, maybe just a hint of what the book is going to look like once you open the box up. Uh, but it's primarily built for strength and protection. Um, although I have made some boxes where I've spent quite a bit of time on, put more work in, you know, use leather inlays and things like that on them. But more, more commonly, that they're, they're purely made for, for protection. So uh, as, as, you, as you made uh, several more uh, butcher bindings before, uh, do you have some standard approach to these books or every time it's different? And uh, uh, how, how do you usually work with them? Is there a routine for that? Well, I mean, the, 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 the first thing is to, is to read the book, you know, understand it. Uh, you know, look for hooks to, you know, to, to, to you know, get some some pointers as to where your design concept is going to go. And so, I, you know, I, 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 the first thing I'll do is read the book. I'll take notes. Uh, I'll often look into the the background of the writer as well, if it's if if it can be done. Uh, with 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 this particular book, because the Sri Lankan Civil War played such a, a an important role in the book, I did actually do a bit of research into that. I felt I really had to really had to understand what that war was about. You know how it how it came about, how it was resolved. Although it wasn't it wasn't you know. I think there are even uh, difficulties today, although obviously nothing like what they were back. Uh, yeah, I think there was the, the, the was it nineteen oh two thousand and nine. I think the war ended. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, at first, I thought I knew something about that war, but when I looked into it, I didn't really. So you know, there's, there's always there's always a lot of background research that I, that I end up doing when I'm working on a design binding, um, and uh, you know this this one this one was no exception. So I, so I read the book, and when when I read these books first time, I'm not reading them as the way a normal reader would read a book. You know, I'm I'm looking at them. I'm examining the book in a kind of different way, designers or an artist's eye on when I'm when I'm when I'm reading them. But with this one, I'd also discovered that there was an audio book, so I could listen mm -hmm. and work on it at the same time as well. And I've since reread the book for as a, you know as, as entertainment as, as as much as anything, and uh, the. Each of these were quite different experiences. It's quite quite interesting, but, um, but that's generally the first thing is to is definitely to read the book. You, I don't think you could work in a design binding without having a, a pretty, you know, a good thorough understanding of what the book is about. Uh, often, though, uh, in general, if I'm working on a design binding, the illustrations often have to be looked at carefully as well. Yes, you know, you certainly want to avoid clashing with any sort of design elements in the illustrations. Uh, you know, you don't want to interfere with that in any way with the, well, I certainly would, 
with the design of the binding. So, you know, illustrations do, do play a part. Something, I, again, I'm always very conscious of when I'm working with design bindings that they're very much the kind of the end process of creating a, a, a book. And there's a lot of craft and artistic input there already. You know, think of the work the writer's already done. Then, you know, some books' illustrations are the more important part of the book. Um, the topo to topography, the, you know, the print work that's going into producing, paper making, uh, print, print making, you know, it, it, it's... So it's very, I'm always conscious that, that it's a kind of collaborative process, but it's one where everyone works on their own on it. And the binding is the kind of final part of that. Uh, there, is, there is something we, we discussed with uh, Mark Okram uh, when we talked, mm -hmm. to, uh, talked to him about his uh, uh, Booker Prize binding uh, for, for this year. Uh, that uh, there is, there is a, a huge difference between uh, making a binding for a book uh, that you read uh, years ago and uh, with which you sort of lived your life already uh, and uh, making a design binding for a book that just appeared and you are reading for the first time and you know nothing about its background, the background of its author, uh, the background of its story, anything like yeah. that. So, so yeah. uh, how, how is it for you? What, 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 uh, do, do you like the experience of... Uh, um, uh, making a design binding for a book that you never heard about uh, before, and uh... yeah, I do, I do, but I don't, I don't, I, I probably only get that experience with the book. Most other bindings I work on, I look for the book and I identify a book that I think would be a good candidate for me to work on. So, so I mean, and and over the last eighteen months, I've been working on uh, books by a Scottish writer called Fiona MacLeod, who mm -hmm. worked in the, you know, we're going back to this, it's not quite that Nouveau style, it was more like sort of Celtic revival that happened certainly here in the UK and Ireland in the sort of late 1800s and the early 1900s. So Fiona MacLeod was actually a man, so, or it's a kind of, it was a pen name that the writer, uh, William Sharp uh, used. Um, so, you know, the, the, the interesting thing for me about researching that element was that the books were often printed by good publishers. So, you know, uh, Mosher, the American mm -hmm. publisher, were, you know, they were renowned for the quality of the, their print work. Um, so that there's quite a few of these books were published by Moshe, uh, the, the, and the, the, there were some Scottish publishers who published, you know, produced these books in beautiful editions, you know, in nice handmade paper, and you know, beautifully letter press printed. So, the, but I, I, I kind of sucked into <laughs> to. to you know, to that area of uh, of research, and so, so I've been working on these on these uh, Fiona MacLeod books for, for for the last certainly the last year. I think I'm I'm on, I'm on the third one now, and that that is the approach I prefer. So I prefer to 
identify books that I think are going to interest me and bring the best out of me. Now that doesn't apply obviously with, with our booker binder. Yeah. You've got to take what you get. Yeah, it's a different uh, sort of challenge. But, but it's a very different challenge, but it's still it's still it's still an interesting one and a rewarding one too. And uh, what, uh, would you say it's a prestigious uh, thing uh, to do? And in what sense? I mean, uh, who, uh, who, do, who do you think uh, will, not, uh, will notice? Or is it just for, or is it just for, uh, for you? Uh, be, be, um, how, do you, how do you view that? I'm not really sure, really. I mean, You know, once I finish a binding, I'm desperate to get rid of it. You know, it's not like a member of the family that I'm losing. It's finished, it's gone, I forget about it. Um, and I then look forward to the next one. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really have any firm opinions, to be honest. Uh, I don't know what kind of... I suppose we're all different, you know, some people may have different values when it comes to that. But, but for me, I, I, I'm, not really, I'm not really that boiled by it. And will the book eventually go to Sri Lanka? I'm not sure where the author lives. Um, if he, but he will have the book by now, I would think. Um, so maybe it will, yeah, maybe it will. I mean, normally there's, you know, in, in a normal year, there's uh, generally an exhibition of these bindings put on somewhere in London, generally. Mm -hmm. and I don't think that happened this year, not as far as I know. I think I think that all the bindings went to the authors at the awards night, as far as I know, anyway. I mean, it's a nice uh, thought. Are your books already all over the world? Um, there's some in America, some through Europe. Some in the UK, uh, you know, it's always a usual mix of private and public collections. Uh, so, yeah, America, Europe, and 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 the UK have got a reasonable uh, selection of bindings and, and collections. And now, possibly uh, Sri Lanka. Possibly Sri Lanka, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take off another continent. That would be an interesting challenge to sell a book to every country in the world. <laughs> Especially as the list changes almost every year. Uh, in two or three years, Bougainville is joining the list. That won't be easy. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless there is an, uh, a booker offer uh, living uh, somewhere there. So who knows? Oh, who knows? We'll who knows? See. We'll see. Um, I guess I guess we should uh, wrap up. We I think we covered yeah. mo most of the process. And uh, thanks a lot for for adding some 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 more details about uh, about the creative and technical uh, sides of the process. Uh, we definitely would would be glad to to see you on our podcast uh, once again in the future. Yeah, well, I'd be more than happy to do it. Um, just just let me know. Yeah, we'll we'll see how. It Thanks goes. for asking me to do this today. You know, it's always yeah, thanks for agreeing. It's always 
it's always interesting to meet new book enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks. Just thanks to talk a lot. about books with anyone's always interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as usual, I'd like to say thanks to uh, to the patrons of iBook Binding on, on on Patreon uh, because with their money we can cover editing of our podcast and uh, obviously that's that's very important to us. So if if uh, one of one of our current viewers is ready to uh, share some of that, their money with us, uh, pledges start with only one dollar uh, per month. Uh, so I hope it's not uh, not too much. Uh, uh, thank you to all of our viewers and members of our community. You can find all the useful links uh, down below uh, the video. We'll post some links to uh, Tom's uh, Instagram and uh, website uh, so that you can uh, find out more and more of his work. And uh, join us next time. Thanks. Thanks a lot. See you. Bye. Bye. See you later. See you later. <laughs>